Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name's CJ Rock with my co-host, Mikey. How you doing, buddy? Yo, man. It's here. <laughs> We're doing this. It's uh, so it's a special day for some reason. I don't know why. There's the date doing something. I don't know. Well, I get the feeling it's a special day. <laughs> I get it's, it's a special day for us because you're at the latest episode of The Boys from Basque. Okay, well, we've got it going on, and it is a special day because, as our name suggests, it is a yes. Star Wars related day, is it not? It is a special day for us. It's a it's a monumentous day. It's a day where we can touch ourselves and enjoy it. It's uh, <laughs> it's May the Fourth be with you. Yeah, which is actually turned into quite a, a, a exciting day for people. And as we've seen, you know, stuff has been delivered to us, and we will come back to it later on in the show. But yeah. Disney did deliver this May the Fourth big time. D- Disney like to they they like to give you nice stuff after they've been horrible to you. They're like an like an abusive partner. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's like oh no, we've done this thing, but we've got this thing as well. And it, I have a complicated relationship with Disney already. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had a complicated relationship ever since they bought Marvel. That was a shocking day. <laughs> I was like, is that what, what, Disney just bought? And I feel sorry yeah. for Paramount. You know, it's so weird. I watched um, I watched Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance, the other day. So did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was on TV and I realised I'd never seen it. And I was really? like, okay, yeah, yeah I never see that, and I because obviously it's trash. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I was watching it, and I was like, what year was this made? And I was like, wow, if this was like Marvel, this would be a very different film. Yeah. This wouldn't be about like Russian oligarchs like just running <laughs> Nicholas Cage on some kind of drugs, like being the most Nicholas Cage I've ever seen Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Uh, it, it was like he was possessed with himself. It was, it was like I like Nicolas Cage. I think he's, I think he's a fun actor. But yeah. in that film, I was like, oh mate, can someone just turn him down a bit? Like he's just. I, I, went, I went to the cinema to watch that, but I completely forgot that Idris Elba was in it. Yeah, and I saw so like the first two seconds, I saw Idris Elba, and I was like, oh wow, he's in this, and he seems to be like a really cool character. So I was like, right, I need to like seriously. I'm gonna give this a go. Watch this, yeah. And uh, and like the whole film was just like you could tell they were trying not to do anything extravagant because they didn't have the money for the special effects of it. Yeah. And I was like, why bother then if you can't? This is where Marvel reigns supreme because they could just go, yeah, do it all. Yeah. Whereas before they were like, okay, you only have this much money, make it work. Whereas they're like, what do you want to do? Oh, we want to have this great big fight. Yeah, cool. Here's all the money in the world. Go and do it. You know, it's that's that's the complete mindset of Marvel compared to what it was before. And Even also, yeah. I, I think Marvel, like storytelling wise, Marvel has the sort of basic method. All right, it's not going to make everybody happy. Yeah, but it's not going to make yeah. anybody walk out of the cinema again. Oh my god, Jeremy, you yeah. never walk out of and go, oh my god, what was that? And both the Ghost Riders films you ended up with that with because it was like, I don't get what's going on. Who are these guys? Why are they chasing yeah. that guy? What's going on? Can he it kill made, people or not? Yeah, and it was just made, it was so random, the whole film. Like, there was a cool bit where he got like a giant bit of machinery mm. and made that his like Ghost Rider vehicle. Yes, yes, so, yes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's really fucking cool. But the thing is, what's hilarious is they did the big fuck off machine first. Yeah. And then they did like a beat up truck second. Yeah. And I was like, so you you literally shot your loads halfway through the movie and then you expect us to find this crappy truck call. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it it was... It made no sense. It made no sense. Yeah. I was just watching it. It was like, 
but then there was a great bit where you saw the ghost rider who was like screaming as he had this truck and like i could just see it was just nicholas cage screaming on top of this truck and i was like oh this film is just ridiculous but i watched the whole thing i literally watched the whole thing and i was like you know what i didn't hate it i would never watch it again and it could have been worse but not by much really. not by much well it was nicholas cage had a theme of um sort of hell-based movies for a bit. He did those two, uh, Ghost Rider 1 and 2. And, and Drive Angry. Drive Angry, which is basically Ghost Rider again. Yeah, almost, but, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, he just had that sort of theme going on. I don't know whether it was, whatever was going on in his life, but I felt if any man would have been perfect for Ghost Rider, it should have been Nicolas Cage. But clearly, he, he really just lost the plot. No, if point. you, no, so like the first, the first Ghost Rider... Mm. So it's, there's like there's this whole big thing about it because obviously he's obsessed with comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, he changed his name for Luke Cage, who is one of his favourites. Then Superman was his favourite, and that failed Tim Burton film with the Kevin Smith script. Yeah, I tell you what, if you want to if you want to laugh, look up any stories to do with that film. It was just a car <laughs> crash, just just ever happening. Kevin Smith says it brilliantly, but I'm not going to go into that because he tells that story better. It should better. have been because, uh, what's his name? Um, they had directing Tim Burton, right? Yeah, Tim Burton and directed. Tim Burton Kevin Smith created the modern superhero film. Do you know what I mean? He brought that in, he brought in the age of superhero films being so much more than just Superman. Well, so I, it shouldn't have been a car crash, should it? It should have been like, oh, wow, this, this is... The it was. Too, I think. I think what was happening was there was too many different people trying to make too many different films in that one mm. film. Okay. So you had Kevin Kevin Smith wanting to do a, like an authentic, traditional Superman story, and then you had um, oh, it was the producer who direct who was the producer of Wild Wild West. I know that, mm. right? Because they wanted to have a giant mechanical spider in it. And that was the big thing. He said to Kevin Smith, he was like, oh, um, yeah, that's cool, but can you have a giant spider in it? A giant mechanical spider? And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, I want a giant mechanical spider. <laughs> what comes out 18 months later? <laughs> Wild West. Wild West. Oh, my God. Which is the film that Will Smith took instead of The Matrix as well. Just put that out there. That's... <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing an interview with him once mentioning that. I'm just, I'm eternally surprised at the bad choices some people make. And that has to go down in, in one of movie history's worst, really, yeah. choosing that over that. Because there's no way you could have seen a script for Wild Wild West and gone, oh, that's, that's got a hit yeah. written all over it, that has. That, that looks super Well, I think, he thought, I think he thought it would be one of those ones you take your 12-year-old to, and mm. it would just be massive and stuff. Um, yeah, that was that was Ghost Rider was a thing I've watched. What have you watched anything interesting during isolation? Um, the last thing I saw was well, I've been watching a lot of Star Wars stuff, um, but we'll come to that later. But outside of that, it was um, Extraction with uh, the Mighty Thor doing this oh, thing, and they did like a, a mental one shot car chase thing. I read about. Yeah, it's... they do. It's more like what they did in Daredevil. You know, in Daredevil, they do that thing where they'd be uh, in the corridor. And then the camera will zoom in a little bit, and then it all that's your cut, and then you've got the next scene. It's all meant to be one shot, but they do it slightly differently. Okay. Um, and it's not too, it's not as cheap as you'd expect it to be. They put some money in there. It's just like it's like a, a cheap version of John Wick, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen, isn't it? Because John Wick was so successful and that the fighting style was liked by so many. Yeah, the, or the fight scenes are very John Wickish. The um, the violence is. Like, my man gets hurt a lot in that film. Um, he gets <laughs> by, kids, by kids, isn't it? Is it kids? Uh, the, the kids do play a part, but it's not... Um... All right, yeah, no, I've, I've had that film spoiled for me already. All right, yeah, well, the kids and, um, do come along so, and yeah. they, they do hurt him to us, but yeah, a lot of people hurt him in that film. It's like a continuous parade of beatings he takes in that film um, throughout the whole process. So it's not like he's not, um, the kids The kids aren't a big part, but it is a pretty grim okay. movie. I mean, people get bits chopped How off long is it? It's about 90 minutes, it's not that long. Oh, that's all right, that's watchable then. I, I looked at it and I was like, uh don't know if I can waste that part of my no, life. It's very, very watchable. <laughs> like I said, it's just a cheap, it's only cheap compared to John Wick because John Wick made the good idea of filming everything in the dark. So all the, you, know, you save money on the budget, whereas this is in the midday in somewhere in India and it, it, shit's going down, bro. We've got helicopters going up. You've got police officers getting blown through. You've got buildings, trucks. Like there's a scene where somebody get like people get hit with a truck four times in one scene, and I'm like. First of all, how are you still alive? And two, how did you do this this scene in the middle of the city? Because these aren't non-busy cities that they're filming in. But I think it's just part of Netflix's deal because they make it in India. There's no clear villains in it. Um, No, there is one clear villain, but it's it's. I think it's part of Netflix's move. But even though it's about Quim Hensworth, because they try to get into new markets. And yeah. this is their attempt to get into the Indian market and make a film in there. So, oh, uh, I get you. So, yeah. like, oh, look, it's, oh, look, this is where you, you can recognize this kind of place. And yeah, and it, yeah. it works quite well, but it's not a bad film. Chris Hemsworth just isn't, he needs to decide what he is, man. Every time I see the Hemsworth, he's always trying to do something different. But like, who thought they, good I idea thinking, to put him in Men in Black? Really? Uh, I think, honestly, he's just, he just, like, not, not a paycheck whore. Mm. That sounds wrong, but like I think he just sort of goes. I think he's a family man at heart. Mm. In all honesty, I think he'd rather just be at home with his family. Yeah, mm. and I'd really rather just be in Australia. Whenever you see interviews of him and stuff, and you know um, when they film stuff, they do it in Australia quite a lot of the time now. That's part yeah. of his deal. And I think, I think honestly, I think the reason he does these things is they they pay a big paycheck, yeah. He doesn't do too many of them, which means that he's still, oh wow, he's in this. He's still exciting that he's in it, Mm. but he's just he's just like yeah, cool, get money, go home. (laughs) You know, the great the great thing about Netflix is you don't really have to do a massive press tour, do you? No, no, you don't, especially now. I mean, there's no press tours. Going well, yeah, on. there's no yeah. press tour, lots of Zoom meetings, but that's probably about it. Yeah, I, I, that may be an element of it. I just get the feeling he's trying to find I know, where that's... he is. You know what I mean? It's like he, he done, what did he do? He's done the romantic film, he's done the action film, he's done the sci fi film, and his big success is still Thor. Jane, and I think yeah. he's just trying to find a success out of that. So I'm intrigued to see what he does next, very much, um, in terms of that. But I don't know. I find it in- intriguing. And also, I, I don't know why I did it, Mike. I don't, I don't know why I did this, yeah? But I did do it, so I will take full responsibility for it. But I um, I rented Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't, I don't ask me why. 
<laughs> but I sat down. Um, so thank you, thank you for tuning into the last episode of the Bus Boys. It's been great. Uh... <laughs> I don't I know. Why I did I, it, I, but I did it. <laughs> was it worth it? How much was it? How much was it to rent? It was three uh, forty nine, I think. It was on. Okay, that was it, it was worth on it. Prime. It's. Wow, that took a long time. That was a long <laughs> exhale. Okay, let me put it this way. <laughs> if I was a little kid who grew up loving Sonic the Hedgehog, great. Yeah. If this film had come out 10 years ago, probably would have been a, a box... No, 10, 15 years ago when Sonic was big? Maybe even 20. If it had come out when I Sonic think, was I think, big... I think, like, I think like 20 years ago was when they had the cartoon as well. Yeah, if it came with, out um, closer Sonic and to Knuckles. that period... It would have been a big movie, yeah. It would have been like that. Would have been the movie of the year for kids. It's yeah. a kids' film. It's a fish out of water kids' film. It's not as bad. Sonic doesn't look as jarring as he did in the original trailers because they had to do those. Up. Yeah. Um, well, I read it. Read it. Destroyed that, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I don't. Bl- I don't blame him to be quite honest. I thought that was too trying to make a a, a blue hedgehog that walks on yeah. two legs look. Well, was a stupid thing to do to start with. Yeah, you need to just make it outlandish and really just go for it, man. And they do sort of, they do sort of go for it in certain ways. So I was watching it, I was like, God damn, they're going for it with this film. Yeah. Um, um, who else is in it? Do you get like knuckles or tails? Or oh, if you if you sit all the way through, you'll get you'll get some teasers in there. Oh, that's get, rubbish. You, and you do get some hints. You clearly get some hints about what's going to happen. Jim Carrey, any good? I liked Jim Carrey in it, but that's only because I hardly ever watch anything with Jim Carrey in. And <laughs> I am, yeah, he doesn't so do too much. Does he it? does. He does a perfectly good Doctor Robotnik. I don't know how people would expect Doctor Robotnik to be, but he does a very good job with it, and he's not. He's quite entertaining at times. But it's a kids' film, so don't ask. Don't ask it to be Marvel when it's more yeah. like, you know... It's I feel like sometimes sometimes people forget this, that it is made for a child. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, calm yourself down. It's yeah. like, oh, no, it's not got great pop, plot development or whatever. I'm like, shut up, man. Like, if you were 10, you'd be loving this. It's, like, got, a honestly, better, it's got a better plot development than the game. <laughs> yeah. That isn't saying much. Okay. Um, James Marston's in it. I don't know what he's got about acting with animated animals, but James Marston's back in this one. And he's... He might- He's all right, isn't it? He likes it. I reckon he likes it. I think he just thinks, yeah, fuck it, I'd have to deal with a human. I, I agree just... <laughs> with you. But he gets, he gets some great girlfriends in movies that you just wouldn't imagine. His girlfriend in this is fantastic. Her name's, I think, Tika yeah. Sumter. And she's fantastic in it. I'm like, just to look at she's fantastic. Great actress, too. But it is a kid's film. Yeah. And kids will love it. Um, and kids will enjoy it. And as long as you're not too angry about the fact that it's not got an adult plot, It'll be you. You yeah. can enjoy it. <laughs> Honestly, just take a just take a chill pill about it, man. Like it's, it is literally just a kids' film. Just watch it and, and enjoy it. Um, and this is where you know. Okay, I don't want to start talking about you know Clone Wars yet. We'll talk about that in a bit, but that's we'll kind that. of we'll another point to make. Yeah, yeah. We're, like, we're saving our loads right for the end. We've got this, so much this, Star Wars for you later on. <laughs> you're, you're, either, you're going to hate um, us for it, but you've got, we've got a lot of Star Wars for you later on. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, see, I've not actually used my Disney Prime yet. I'm saving it up for when I can just binge watch a whole load of stuff because I'm not sure whether I'll keep it for after the week. 
<laughs> if you, yeah. So you haven't used Disney Plus at all yet? So I was catching up with the last season of Sabrina. Okay, um, I haven't finished that yet, but how's, how's is, that going? I, honestly, I, I wanted to talk about Sabrina because I think it is such a guy. I'm I'm big into you know the whole Satan devil fun mm. aspects of shit. I think it's so fun when all that stuff's played with, and that program, even though it's about a bunch of teenagers, it is just so fun to watch. Mm. And like the creepy aspect of it is just really like in season two. I think it got a bit weird for some reason, but in this season, I just it just all comes together. I don't want to talk too much about what happens in it because I well, think I've, I've watched the first it, three episodes, so I'm up oh to, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so you it's a fun journey. All the characters are really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not too um teenagery because obviously you know you've got the Riverdale series which is. Yeah. And I've never watched that because it just looked like Dawson's Creek, but with angry <laughs> emos, you know? So I was like, I'm going to stay clear of that. Never um, watched it as well. So, yeah. I was like, nah, it's not not for me. And I was a bit worried because I, I, I liked the original Sabrina when I was a kid. It was funny. Um, yeah, I, I thought, all right, a dark take of Sabrina would be fun. And actually, I brought a comic of this and it was good. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed every, every, every bit of it. Um, I watched too much... One go, so that's why I left it for a little bit. But then I've just watched it all now and loved it. Well, the cast is superb. Um, they really, like, considering what the original was, they made it their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Kernan, and you still use you got things. Ross Lynch, Lucy Davis, Chance Pedomo, um, Michelle Gomez. You know, all these people. Most of the cast, I don't think I've seen them anywhere before. At least I can't remember. And they've come into this, and it's like no, a couple of the older ones. The one who plays um, Lilith, she was yes, I've seen her. She's yeah, a, she's been in lots of things. She, she was the mis- yeah, the mistress, yeah, Missy, yeah. She was the master. Yeah. She was great as well. She she's very good at playing um, conflicted villain. Um, I think she just does amazingly. She's a great actress, and you know, I've enjoyed the whole show. And it's just fun, and you know, and it doesn't take it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. I don't think. You know, it has a fun aspect to it. So, yeah, I was catching up on that. And then um, I was catching up on Stranger Things because I realised I, fin- mm. I hadn't finished Stranger Things. Oh, even though I really? even though I loved it, um, the third season annoyed me at the start. So I stopped watching it because it mm. felt like, again, it felt like I was watching, you know, One Tree Hill or something or Dawson's Creek a little bit. You know, I, even, when it, even when I was younger, I couldn't get on with them. Because it's just, you know, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that to me. Oh, my God. Oh, no, but so said this to me. Oh, no, no. And I was like, no, I can't do all this. I'm turning off. And then and then I was like, look. I, <laughs> I left my teenage yeah. years behind for a reason, you bastards. <laughs> I didn't even like watching that stuff then. It just it just, it just felt like a, sto- okay. a story I've heard before, if that makes sense. <laughs> and it, um, yeah. So then I, I, I put up with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been nice to have this time to actually... Um, not just sit there and watch Chase for seven hours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else I've been watching. I've, I watched, um, in terms of Netflix, it was Extraction. been watching a bit of the anime on there. And I've been discovering some really weird anime. But yeah, that, that's for another show. It's just been a bit of a weird process trying to find something to watch that's original and entertaining. It's been a bit of a challenge over the past. Well, I know. See, I've I've sort of gone the other side of that. I've actually stopped myself from just pointlessly watching stuff. Mm. So I'm only watching stuff that I know that I want to watch. 
you know yeah. so i'm sort of looking at this time as like right i've got this time now i can watch stuff and you know enjoy it and take my time rather than you know watching it when you're tired from work or before you go to work or something you know and um because i was watching the x-files from the beginning and i mm. i got to the end of season two and I, yeah. I sort of just sat there looked at the tv screen and went i'm not really enjoying this I'm yeah. just watching it because I want. I, I've said I've always wanted to watch the X Files from the beginning, and I went. Do you know what? This is really dated, and I. I was like, why am I watching this? And so I, well, I sort of stopped right. myself, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Funny you should mention the X Files because although this isn't necessarily comic book related directly, what do you think of the old UFO? For, they released those UFO images. Oh, okay. last week. Uh, did, you, did you did you like? No, right. it's it's not going to be anything, is it? It's going to be like some experimental aircraft or some, you know, some nutter with a drone or I don't know. I, they just released it because they could just distract people from what a twat Trump is. <laughs> if there was ever, if, if there was ever a time at comic books, yeah. It. It's like, but the thing is, though, it, it, it's not like it, it, gets into power. No, but you can't compare him to Lex Luthor because Lex Luthor was intelligent. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Or Lex Luthor thought he was. No, he, 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 could, he could tie his own shoelaces together. That's more than, you know, well, Trump. Then he's the fake version of Luthor. He's like fake Luthor. Yeah. He's like Luthor's cousin. Maybe, maybe, maybe really Elon Tusk is Lex Luthor behind the puppet of Donald Trump. Well, he ain't Tony Stark, is he, old uh, yeah. Elon Musk? Nah, I don't know how much de- you may like to think he is. Nah, he's not. He's, if he was going to be a supervillain, if Elon Musk was going to be a supervillain, actually, no, mm. he'd be Brainiac. Because he'd he'd be like just hidden and not put too much technology out there, but just enough to tempt you. A little no, te- he's, like the villain in, he's like the villain in Iron Man 2. Oh. He's like uh, the wannabe Tony Stark, and he's clearly not. And the yeah. more you learn about him, the less the less he is. Like yeah, it, it, the less he's he's he's, yeah. he's not a self-made millionaire. Like he likes to present himself as a self. None of them man. are. No, he's none not. of them are. You know, he's South African, which is like he's only list ready then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got some blood diamonds on him somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I'm not that impressed with him, and he like clearly he's got issues. Mm. Um, but you see, he so, tweeted. He, he, t- he tweeted. He was like, "Oh, let us all out! Stop this lockdown!" And like, it's like you do realize people are dying. You know, absolutely <laughs> mm. <laughs> nuts. Yeah, it was like nobody's stopping you, Elon. I guarantee, if you went outside your house, nobody's going to stop you. Huh? Yeah, Joey, nobody's going to stop you from doing whatever you want to do. Mm. Joey, you've got that much money, you can go and do. It. And also, like but America's yeah, lockdown so was really weak anyway. It was like stay yeah. inside unless you have to go outside, and even then you yeah. could just go outside. People weren't like being. Oh, that was an interesting story actually. Um, a guy, a comic, a comic book um, dealer. Oh, I call, mm. I call him a dealer because he was actually going around and, and delivering people's um, um, pick boxes um, to them and trading cards to people's houses, okay. and he got arrested for it. Oh, wow. He got like fully. He got he got fully arrested, and it was like, and there's people going on these protests and stuff, and I, it's just it's awful. Oh no, it's pretty bad. It's it's not it's not great when this is happening, but that like getting arrested for that is a bit much. I would have said, but yeah, I think it's it's strange. It's strange times. This is going to be the most um, fertile period of time for comic book writers. There's going to be so many great stories. And even better, all the comic books predicted some shit going down because DC did their um, their um, contaminated one. 
And yeah. then Marvel did their Contagion one. They knew something was coming, man. They, <laughs> um, <laughs> they knew something was on the way. And I think, you know, comic book writers are going to get a lot out of this. If the comic book industry is still around, because I hear, according to some naysayers, even though DC started, oh. I believe DC started printing comics again, and Marvel's still holding off, although they've furlong, furlonged all their stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I think, like, yeah, it will survive. It always does. It's stupid to think it won't, you know? Mm. Um, because people will always want to buy the newest thing that comes out. Um, they want to get the story straight away, and they want to have the, you know, first print and whatever. And also, all they need to do is just write some really cool storylines to come out when all this is over, and people will be going straight mm. there. You know, like you've got Scott Snyder's DC Metal, have the mm. heavy metal one, which has Batman in a leather studded coat on a bat motorcycle made of bones and a kick ass Superman. That's already got my vote. You've got the Free Joker storyline coming. That's mm. should have been out by now. Yeah. Um, you've got the DC animated series continues. Um, yeah. But that's already that's a that's a that's a digital first, so you can buy that. Mm. But you know, purists will want a physical copy. Um, I feel like the Marvel events stuff that they've got lined up isn't as exciting. You know, they've got the um, Empire thing that's coming ahead. I, I I agree with you there. I think yeah. ever since, and I'm, I'm not saying that Bendis is the one that held up Marvel, but ever since Bendis left, the the the, the the events don't seem to be that mm, big. They, they don't, they yeah, don't capture they don't my imagination. They don't seem to have any real stakes. And especially reading The Avengers at the moment, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a horrible comic, right? But reading The Avengers yeah. at the moment, it's like really weird. Like they're, From where they used to be, it's really weird. Like they're set up in the, um, one of the Eternals, what is it they call them? The, um, the immortal judges in the Marvel Universe. I've got their names. What, the, watch, the Watchers? No, not the Watchers. The, the big guys who create life on planets. And the Eternals. Is it the Eternals? Yeah. Or the, the um, Immortals or something, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big the big metal guys yeah. um, who go around creating life. That's where their, their base is in the dead one at the moment. Oh, really? Their key members are Thor, okay, it's, the it's... angry She-Hulk, but yeah. Thor's like more bro Thor than Thor Thor. Yeah. Um, Captain America just sort of patters around a lot. In his own comic, it's fantastic. But in this one, he just seems to patter around a lot. Yeah. Stark's just been a really shallow playboy. Doesn't really work. And Panther, I think the Avengers have now been taken over by the Black Panther. So he runs them with the way Tony Stark used to run them. Oh, really? Well, so he sort of owns the Avengers now? Yeah, so they've got another comic book called Agents of Wakanda as well, which is quite good. It's quite decent. Yeah. But the actual Avengers comic book, it just seems to have gone backwards a lot in the way it's set up. Um, She-Hulk shagging Thor, um, which is a running joke. Yeah. I, and it just, it's, it's a shame, yeah, really. I, 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 I honestly, the golden age for me, for them, was the Avengers disassembled, mm. leading into um, the new Avengers run, which led into Civil War, uh, Secret Evasion, and Dark Reign. And then mm. that whole period of, of Avengers, even just Marvel, just that whole period was golden. Mm. You had so many great storylines in it. 
you I think that was uh, Winter Soldier as well. Was that kind of yeah. Winter Soldier that led into the death of Captain America? You just yeah, everything about that whole yeah. period of Marvel was just fantastic. Like, well, that's where a yeah. lot of the stories have come from. That whole period, the Extermis, which was Iron Man two, that whole sort of where it was sort of grounded. It was it was fantastical yeah. stories, but it was grounded. And now they seem to be sending these big fantastic stories. But like in one issue, they had uh, Ghost Rider going across, like his car can now go into space and. Take. I was, I was just, it was just a bit like. Okay. Oh, was that the cosmic Ghost Rider or? No, it's the Ghost Rider. So the current Ghost Rider, who's the? Did you ever watch the Agents of, Agents of Shield? The Ghost Rider in that one. Yeah, the the crack that character. Yeah, so he can now go into space, and which I'm not against, but it was literally his car. Which in uh, I don't know, just the, in any other aspect, it'd be really cool, but it just comes a bit like yeah, it's it kind of makes the what's the point of having the cosmic ghost rider then if the normal ghost rider can go into space it doesn't make any sense and how can the cosmic ghost rider walk around anyway because it's like once Frank Castle hears about him what happens at that point it's like his cosmic ghost rider was a mass murderer as well right but yeah in the Marvel Universe he's come back in time and everybody's like oh it's cosmic ghost rider he's alright he's one of us and I'm like no you hung out with Thanos <laughs> I think I think it's kind of he's he's just a bit mad, isn't it? So they sort of get a hall pass on that. He's a really popular character, really really popular. Oh, he's fun. Um, I read I read some of that recently, and I I said, you know what? This is a real fun comic. It's just it's just <laughs> doing its own little thing. Um, kind of felt like um, uh, like Lobo in a weird way, like that kind of like yeah. that fun crazy aspect. And I love Lobo. I'd wish they'd do more with Lobo. Um, I'm not a huge Lobo fan. The only time I really liked Lobo is there's two times. One when he had his own comic and he was just doing like doing crazy outlandish stories. Yeah. And two was when he wasn't really in it. But I loved the Legion of Superheroes from the nineties. Oh yeah. I the storyline where Lobo it's a clone of Lobo going out and you don't find out it's clone till the end. But I just enjoyed that. Um, that whole storyline, I thought it was really, really cool when he was in there. See, the, as, the uh, artwork as, as for an Lobo. avatar of Darkseid. Mm. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That's cool. I haven't read that. I'll, re- I'll read that. Lobo, I think, is DC's version of Deadpool, hundred percent. Like, if you if you would, this is where I, this is where I feel like DC have kind of um, effed up a bit. Is they've sort of thought, okay, Harlequin's a bit crazy, a bit random, but she's kind kind mm. of a good guy. Let's make that our Deadpool. But they've actually taken a moment to think about it. They could have done a more extreme, funner version and gone full Lobo, full Lobo out there kicking ass, taking names. Lobo can even fight Superman. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he can't be asked, or sometimes he gets drunk and wants to, which is hilarious. And they sort of go, oh, Lobo, go, leave it off, mate, just go home. No, no, where's that Kryptonian arsehole? I'm there, take him down the peg or two. And, it, you know, you, you can have that real fun, which is what the DC universe needs. And they thought they could do it with Harlequin, <laughs> but they did it in, in a really just lacklustre way. They didn't give her own film because they think, oh, it's not enough to make people go, so let's just pick some random women characters and chuck them all into a big mixing bowl and hope it works, you know? 
And apparently it did though, didn't it? I, mean, I, like, I watched I enjoyed... it. I never had a chance, but um, I, I, apparently that worked, didn't it? It made it made I, its money. I enjoyed it, but I feel like yeah. could, it, 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 it could have been a, it could have been it, it could have been a bigger movie. They were expecting it to be mm. a bigger movie, and it wasn't. And I think it's because it was just confusion about what they were actually doing with it. I think they just they mm. should have just called it the Emancipation of Harlequin. Really, like mm. I think, I think putting the birds of prey and the emancipation of Harlequin, it's sort of putting people into it. It's like, oh, I don't know what birds of prey are. Oh, was that that crappy nineties TV show? That <laughs> or, or the fact that they sort of, sort of only half did Black Canary. She's a fucking kick-ass character. Yeah, like you could have yeah. just really gone hammer and tong for her. Uh, Rene Montoya is a great character as well, and then you had. Um, Oh, what's your one? Oh, I can't remember. Um, but you had, you had, yeah, looked up. Yeah, you had the other character who was like just a street urchin. And although I didn't hate the movie, it just it could have been a lot better. And there were scenes in it where they they were like talking about stuff like like the chopped cheese bit I enjoyed where they're talking about the sandwich and she's like oh my god it's how she puts it in and oh my god he's gonna put the half peppers and oh my god and all this and it was it was almost exactly like how Red Paul talks Deadpool talks about stuff mm. and it's like uh, it's, it just felt too similar to me that I think they could have just done it a little bit, bit a little bit better and um, I love Harlequin one of my favourite characters but mm. oh I think you're talking about the girl who Cassandra Kane. Is yeah, Cassandra Kane. Because yeah. she's Batgirl in the... Well, she was one of the Batgirls in the yeah. comic book called Cassandra Kane, isn't she? Um, yeah. I, from my point of view, I haven't watched it yet. I, I don't think... For me, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to enjoy it. I liked her in Suicide Squad. Oh, I enjoyed her as well. problem I have with... Hopefully, I won't have the same problem I had with Suicide Squad and DC films in general. They take the popularity of a character in the comic book as a measure of how much they should put them in a film. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird, but they, like, Wonder Woman, I've always said it should have been the first film out of the, um, out of the doors. Just as with Iron Man, it should have been Wonder Woman. Not, without Batman, without Superman, get Wonder Woman out of there, head of the doors, have her bring the Justice League together and all the rest of it. But that's an argument for another day. Um, <laughs> another day. But in terms of films, they also underestimate how popular the female characters are on screen. Comic books yeah. are bought primarily by a certain crowd. There aren't a lot of um, yeah. female characters. There's not a lot top. of diversity, but it's starting to change, which is good. Yeah, I mean, movies then aren't the same thing. No, See what I mean, it's like it's like when you, when you, when they, when you do a movie, you should they should have had the female characters front and center, and now it yeah, looks like the, they're playing they catch should up. have. They should. What, yeah. That's Trying why to shoehorn, that the, shoehorn yeah. them in. That's the problem. Yeah, and that's they're just giving more ammo. You need to just actually do it a bit more naturally. Yeah, they're giving more ammo to the people that don't want, who seem to get upset when anybody mentions anything female. Yeah, because you just have to look at the success of Captain Marvel, and then the success of Black Panther. Black Panther was the first billion dollar Marvel film. Yeah, but there is a hunger for it. They just don't want it like. But yeah, well, they're yeah just they don't scared, want it like they? DC's giving it. Yeah. Well, no. In fact, Palmer, I didn't even know this, Mike. What? <laughs> when all the emails dropped from Sony, do you remember when they got hacked? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Palmer, who owns, who used to be the owner of Marvel, didn't want any female characters. He purposely said he didn't want any female, and I think ethnic characters in, in the Marvel, like having their own film. Oh, wow. 
literally didn't want it, which is why Paul Martin's been sidelined to a large degree. Because, Captain, again, Captain Marvel was meant to be one of the early uh, films. And um, Black Panther, I think they'd wanted him to appear earlier as well. But he didn't want it. He wanted none of the... He didn't want female characters. He didn't want to make in any female toys. He was proper like, ah, girls don't like superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how have you been in business for this long? That's half, half um, the population we don't want uh, to access, thanks. They, yeah, uh, and, and, and movies mental. aren't like that. And the amount of women who I've met who've enjoyed... Captain Marvel and guys who've enjoyed Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is great. Yeah, I watched it on. I watched it again recently, and I really enjoyed it a lot more than I did when I went to see it in the cinema. Um, I don't know why. I think I might just have been really tired when I went to see it. But like, I think the good thing is that they need to go with the TV shows. Um, they need to with the She-Hulk one. I'm looking for. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great one. I just hope they don't mm. do it as like a oh look superhero let's go smash. I want them to do it. <laughs> no, because that's 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 the problem. It could be like that. It would be great if it's like I don't know. Let's have it as like Ali McBeal, but she's also the Hulk. Fucking hell! Mm. Wouldn't that be or Law and Order? She Hulk. Dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a sneaky suspicious feeling that I know they keep saying Daredevil's going to be in the Spider-Man yeah, film. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be Charlie think, Cox, though. Definitely. I don't know. I don't think it'll, it'll be dead. I don't think it'll be Daredevil. I think it'll be She-Hulk. Yeah, because I, I just I don't think Marvel have got the legal right to back to it yet because they had to wait eighteen months before they can even start planning to use Daredevil. And Daredevil was out last year. Oh, so they still got about half a year till they could do it. Yeah, I don't reckon that they'll be able to do that, but I feel really sorry for Charlie Cox. Because he, he really... <laughs> he held he held that Netflix whole thing on his shoulders. Yeah. His whole thing was amazing. Like, I, I think Daredevil is probably almost, you know, the best complete distillation of a comic book into a show or media, because mm. it is... Curtis, can you turn off your? Sorry, can you turn off your background thing? Because I can't actually see you. Oh, there we go. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> so we were both trying to be funny with our Zoom backgrounds, and um, uh, it's not designed for people of Curtis's complexion, we feel. And so, so <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. The only, th- the only people that seem to have figured out filming black people on screen is um, Mar- Marvel and DC. Marvel DC, right? Um, Bringing it back. Marvel <laughs> seem to have figured out how to do it quite well. Um, but yeah, everyone else, is, it's a struggle. I was going to say, well, saying, about um, Black Panther, his his mm. introduction was the smoothest one out of all mm. out of all the Marvel because he just slipped into that Winter Soldier film almost like yeah. he was always there, and you didn't feel mm. like they were like, oh hey, they look at this character, blam, and then it set up the film because you already kind of need a character, but then you got to explore it. I think they. They really mastered that really well. I want them. I wish they'd do that more. I kind of wish they did that a little bit with Miss Mar- Marvel, not Miss Marvel. Well, I think that's, Marvel. that's down to the yeah. Russo brothers because the Russo brothers, I think, um, um, the Russo brothers really had a passion for not only Marvel superhero characters but for for storytelling. Yeah. I mean, they, they directed the community series, I believe, before that. Oh, I loved that. And That's great. Yeah, to watch. they can handle ensembles and all the rest of it. But I think they just came in there and they did such a good job that you can't really, 
nothing else has compared to it. No, no, I'm just saying, like, I mean, the film, like, I feel like they could have introduced the Miss um, Marvel. Oh, no, well, I suppose they couldn't do because they said it in the past, didn't they? So that's the whole reason they did that. Okay. Forget what I was saying. I just thought about what I'm saying. Mm. It doesn't work. So anyway, yeah. um, we should really talk about um, Star Wars now. Okay, because... well, is that, is that time? Is, 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 it, is it that time? Hold on, let me check because that time. Yeah. Okay, well, before we get to that, though, yeah, now we'll be talking about franchises. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. What are the, what's the nearest, you know, this week it's May the 4th. Yeah. Um, what's the closest comparison in terms of franchise? To Star Wars, the only one I can think of that's close to it, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, is um, no, 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 that would that would be Harry Potter. I was going for, but you could just go like, Harry Potter in terms of the ability to make money and entertain and enchant people. It's probably the, uh, Harry Potter's probably the only and one, and they've also disappointed with the latest films, so they've got that as well. So they're so they're so they're, they're keeping up with the franchise trend of disappointment. Well, uh, uh, the old Johnny Depp Amber Heard triangle <laughs> keeps keeps like inflicting damage from afar. Um, um, I think I think obviously you got um, Lord of the Rings, but that's only a few movies really, and they came out yeah, not too long ago. There's, there's no theme parks. No. You can go on a tour in New Zealand, um, and there ain't no kids. There ain't no kids with no Lord of the Rings. I think yeah, there. you're you're right because I you know I grew up when the you know uh, reading the Harry Potter books as well. And it was mm. it was it transported you the same way Star Wars did. You wanted to you yeah. wanted to be a Jedi. You want to be a wizard. You know. I mean, the stories are quite comparable as well. You know, um, but that's just basic storytelling that we've been doing for millions of years. So don't get too much mm. into that. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think you're right because people still want to be a Gryffindor. They want to be a Slytherin. They want to be in that world. You know, I went to the I went I went to the Harry Potter world the tour. Um, the studios and people just you know, so excited by it. You know, there's people wandering around in their robes, you know, the full robes, not like the cheap £10 ones, but the hundred, you know, the ones that cost hundreds of pounds and like yeah. being excited by all of it. And it was, it, it sort of, I was, I was a bit like, I was enjoying it, but I was like, man, these people are enjoying it. <laughs> if I, if, if I go to Galaxy's Edge, that will probably be me. That'll be me being like, oh my God, there's a Jedi. Oh my God, there's a Stormtrooper. You know? You know, I'm with you there. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably I, pretend not to be too excited, know me, but nah, nah, on, Star I'm, Wars, I'm, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I grew up, although the first time I saw Star Wars, I think the first Star Wars I saw was Empire Strikes Back on VHS. I uh, really? Day of school. Yeah, because the teacher of ours loved it so much. They were like, have a bit of this on your yeah, last yeah. day of uh, school. Um, so that, I think, was my first experience of Star Wars. And I, so I well, never I, saw the original yeah. trilogy in the cinema until no, I, I they saw, released it. What is it. When they did the remasters, you remember when they did the remasters on VHS? Mm. And they had the, it's the little gold box of um, remastered movies. And yeah. I got them as a Christmas present. So the first one I watched was Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, obviously, Empire, then Return. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I went to, I remember, it was the first time I went to Argos by myself. And I, yeah. I filled out the little thing and I got, and I got my first actual figure for Star Wars was Han Solo and Carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad figure to have. No, no, because I put him in the freezer. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had this thing of like freezing my toys and rescuing them. So I froze Han Solo and Carbonite. So they had to go rescue him and then chip away at the ice and then unfreeze him. My mum my mum was always getting fed up and my dad was like, Oh my dad was like, What what's Captain America doing in the free in the freezer? It's like, Oh yeah, he's gotta be rescued. And he was like, Yeah, all right then. <laughs> but yeah, that was my I I I remember the excitement of Phantom Menace coming out. I remember it was big. Uh, just, I, I remember when that first trailer hit. Everybody, but everybody was like, "Yes, yeah." Because I remember it being in the cinema when that, I first, I think that was one of the first times I saw the trailer. Because you got to remember it was before internet. Yeah, yeah. It was big, 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 and the excitement was palpable. It was, it was real. You know, it was, and, it, was um, it was like a pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, and and then also, it, uh, yeah, but we've got to remember is when it came out, all the reviews were good. All the, all the, yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone loved it. Everyone was saying about how much they loved it, about how, how much they wanted to do it. And then people watched it again and went, wow, what were we smoking when we watched this film? Because they saw for it, they realized, like, I actually, I tried, I say tried to rewatch this not long ago, yeah? Yeah. And I was trying to. The acting is so clunky, like it's just yeah. it's just you, 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 it feels like no one in this film believes a word they're saying, which I know it is all make believe, but you know at least pretend you're a fucking Jedi, Liam Neeson. <laughs> like it's just so like it's so like the pod racing scene is amazing, and then do you know what I did? I literally fast forwarded it to um, the Battle of the Fates with Darth Maul, yeah, and I watched mm. that. And I went, yes, this is why this film can survive because this ending is beautiful. Like this fight, mm-hmm. this fight between Darth Maul, Obi Wan, Qui Gon Jinn, with that music, oh my god! It had, I just even now, I it's it's like you know, you feel like you're there, you're feeling the emotion. The lightsaber fight is perfectly choreographed. Um, you you feel like the stakes are real because you know you don't know if Qui Gon Jinn is going to survive, but you kind of expect him to because heroes always survive, don't they? You know, it's kind of like that thing about Game of Thrones. You know, the reason when you know, spoiler alert, Sean Bean dies, but you know when he dies, it shocks you because oh wow, he's he's dead, and that's the same feeling you felt about Qui Gon Jinn because you're what he's dead, but he's a Jedi, he can't die. What do you mean? And then that raw rage, <laughs> the rage you see from Ian McGregor when he does that is beautiful. Yeah. And I and it's just that whole scene literally saved the movie. It didn't save it, but it attempted it gave it a bit yeah. of life support. You know, put it put it on a ventilator, <laughs> you know what I mean? I agree with nearly everything you said. I think for me though, by the time I got to the fight, that film was too empty for me. And it just, I'd been taught, it hurt so much. And I think it was the moment, I could say the moment that my heart broke. It was then they brought up midichlorines and I was just like, what? It, what? It was, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Why? What are these midichlorines? Uh. That nobody's ever mentioned before. And I think that was the moment my heart broke. But, I can still watch it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not angry. I, I just think it was a sloppy. Yeah. Like you said, it was a sloppy piece of work, um, and it had such a good cast. And the person I feel sorry for the most is Samuel Jackson, because you don't have Samuel in a movie and have him like underact so badly. Yeah. 
that you end up with this sort of like, what is going on here? Sort of character. There's so many wasted. I think the whole thing about that, the first two fa- two films in particular, that are so there's yeah. there are so many wasted opportunities of great moments. Um, like okay, so again, episode two, Clone Wars, uh, Attack of the Clones, yeah. not Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones. That scene where Django Fett fights Samuel Jackson, yeah, could have been fucking spectacular. Yeah, I mean we're we're talking yeah. like a fight for the ages. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it's just one, two, stamp, stamp, head cut off. Yeah? And it's like, that film, oh, I mean, uh, we could go for two hours talking about that film, couldn't we? Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Mo- mo- moving on. Okay, so that, 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 in that, the best moment was the re- return of, of said um, series, and then the disappointment of actually seeing how bad a Star Wars film can be, but not hating Star Wars at the same time. So yeah, because you're just enjoying my music. I, I, I think the, the thing to say about these prequel films is that you can, mm. you can like really, you've just got to disdain what you do not like. Yeah, right, I don't like this bit. I don't like this bit. But then when you do enjoy a scene, just enjoy that scene. You know, yeah. that's the great thing is that fight at the end is actually really cool. Seeing all those, you know, big old Jedi's fighting and stuff, it's fun. You know, it's just a fun film. And it's that bit is just fun at the end, seeing all the clone troopers come. That's cool. Boba Fett's dad. That's cool. You know, take those moments away. And also remember that geekdom wasn't at its full power. Right? <laughs> like we have there's like geek power. It's more acceptable to be geeky now, you know? So they've they could is, do a lot I, more. I also think we've though there is this sort of um there's a nature in the current nerdum, like Phantom Menace was when it all started, right? So yeah. before then, Twitter hadn't really that anger. But the and message board sort of started anger. then, hadn't they? Yeah. And that anger, the anger's always sort of been there in, in fandom. Like in, it just didn't in the have far a place back of voice. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when they killed off Sherlock Holmes. Oh, when, when he killed him off. Yeah, yeah, bring him back. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me, the difference now is that there's so much weird, like dark web politics involved in it. Like I saw some guy um, doing a review of a show we'll be talking about shortly of a trailer. So there was a trailer for it and it's of a Sokotano fighting Darth Maul. And this this, yeah. this grown nice man was like, if Sokotaro beats Darth Maul, I'm never watching Star Wars again. Fuck this shit. I'm never watching uh. it. turn Darth Maul into a pussy. And I was like, if you were, <laughs> if you were like a kid, I'd understand your rage. You're a grown ass man. You can't be yeah. getting angry about stuff that badly. It's just, and I think that's different. Just, there's, there's a sort of, there's a nastiness to it all now. And it's really weird. Because when I was a kid, I don't know about you, Mike, but you suddenly mentioned female Ghostbusters. Irrelevant of how the film turned out, yeah? Yeah. If somebody mentioned female Ghostbusters when I was, I was a kid, I'd be like, yeah. booyah! This, this is, I want to see some of that, yeah? See, for but me, I would, I, I would have just heard there's going to be more Ghostbusters shit. That's that's the exciting thing. Like, what I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. I want to hear different stories from different voices telling stuff in a different way. I don't want to hear the same voice or the or the same story or you know just repetitiveness. You know, I think that's why, particularly with the um, the newer trilogy, 
it's why it hasn't been received is because they're not really telling anything new there's no new story there it's something we've heard before and it's like star wars is this big universe yeah you could do anything you want with it really you know you can follow stories of all these different cool characters of different races and different things but you don't need to they what do the same story again, just repeat it with some weird little bits and change things. Oh, this is a new little character. Oh, this is a little bit different. No, tell us new stories with new voices, with new people telling them. Like The Mandalorian is a fine example of that. They've taken Lone Wolf and Cub and made it a Star Wars story with mm. really cool characters. It's made you want to watch every episode. It's been just amazing and that's what the lesson they should learn is after this trilogy and i think it's good that they're killing the trilogy like that's it that's the skywalker saga we're not going to see these characters you might see some of the characters and little shit but they're not going to be big old characters now we're going to set the next ones far 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 back the only relation might be yoda who's going to be a kid in it yeah and I think that's a smart idea because they can just do whatever they want to do with it and it still be cool. You can still have people with lightsabers. You can still have people using the force and fighting the dark side, but you won't be hang up with all this bloody bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. And I, if I could just say I thoroughly agree with you. If I could just add, though, I think that part of the problem was was that they left doing these um, sequels too long. Yeah. And that, for me, really was the problem. If they'd done it maybe 10, 15 years ago even, it yeah. would have been okay to do them. But now, everybody was getting a bit old. Carrie Fisher was still wild. And the second she got back into that swing, bro, <laughs> all of that started coming back. And, you know, <laughs> that's what caused a big problem for the... Tr- I'm not blaming her. Yeah. But I'm saying that's, at the end of the day, what really caused the problem, especially for the last two films. I think um, they left it too long for them, yeah. Of, and I think they should... Yeah. They really... What they should have done in the first film is done is done a passing of the torch moment with all, all mm. the main characters and do like a pa- passing of the torch, yeah, yeah, and have them go off and, um, you know, I don't know, go and guard something far away and have them come back for the end of the trilogy to help or something, you know. Ooh, how, how about this, right? So imagine if um, yeah. uh, Leia, like they start a the film with Leia, right? Yeah. Nobody knows about the first order or whatever, but then she senses something and then she goes and finds Ray. And then she goes and finds Luke. And then you bring Finn, okay. who ended up doing nothing for two films, Scott Oakland going, Ray! <laughs> <laughs> Ray! Um, and, and, and they could have done it beautifully then. And then Leia's like, this is going on now. My time's gone. I can't fight this fight no more. But here you go, kids. You yeah. know, go off and do it. You've got the force. And they could have done that. But yeah. Obi-Wan did with Luke. Obi-Wan knew he was going to die. Yeah. And Obi-Wan just goes off and goes, right, kid, this is your fight now. This is what you need to go and do. Um, I had a discussion with my mate. I'll put it online anyway, but we can have this one. Yeah. Um, and that the original trilogy, what they should have done is had the story set around Luke and Padme. Yeah. But had it. So Luke's an older Jedi, not as young as he was. And Padme's about the same age, but she's like a pirate or something. And then they meet, and then their story could have been like, she starts becoming a good person. And by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, he's becoming more dark side, rather than what they did with Padme, which is basically she just runs around in the film going, Anakin, yeah. <laughs> why'd you do that, Anakin? Just, they yeah, could have done something more with her. Yeah. yeah, they could have done something more with her. 
she ends up being such a bland character. And you can't tell me that the um, actress who played Padme is not a good actress. She's a really good actress. Natalie she, Portman. She could have carried a lot. Yeah, Natalie yeah. Portman could have carried a lot more on the shoulder. Oh, she could have um, done a lot. She did a, she did a degree in uh, fucking uh, biochemistry or something while she was doing the film yeah. for this. So I think she, she could have done about more. medical roids. Yeah, she could have done. Anyway, let's get let's talk. All right. All so right let's okay, do, okay. I've, I've yeah. stalled long enough. I've, I've been fighting. I've been fighting it. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. So we've come up to the end of the show. We've got, we've got, a few, we've got half an hour, 20 minutes, half an hour. So we're now going to talk about the thing we've been... We've pushed it back. But Disney, as of May, of, May the 4th, yep. released the final episode of The Clone Wars. Also, they're claiming it's the final episode. But I've got a feeling they're going to announce the film, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, the final episode of The Clone Wars. I've been rushing to watch as much of The Clone Wars as I could. Um, the past episodes... And I've learned a lot from watching them. I'm re-watching them again. But the final episode came out there. It's been a long run. Only 12 episodes, which is unique for the series, which generally used to have like 20 episodes. They've been high quality. They've been cinematic. They've put out lots of um, feelers for the fans. We've come to the end of the journey. Did you enjoy it? How did you feel about it? How did you feel about the final episode? But how have you felt about... If you can tell me how you felt about the series overall. So, for me... Hello. Um, so, <laughs> I think I think with the Clone Wars, it is what... I don't know how they do this, but some... With, uh, with these animated series, they seem to make the films better. And they seem to add a depth to them. So, watching the Clone Wars, A, makes... Attack of the Clones a better film and it definitely makes Revenge of the Sith a better film and I've always wondered the whole time I've been watching this I was like how has Luke got an apprentice and we never hear about her it doesn't make any sense but they do it without any plot they don't convolute the plot they don't make it awkward it makes sense why you've never heard about her why she was missing during that third film you know and um how she's got because she turns up in Rebels, which is set a lot further along, and how she yeah. survived, and it all makes sense. And these last episodes have been a shot beautifully, like as in mm. the art, the cinematography is just beautiful. Um, yeah. the, the the actual the score to it is amazing. It's had me. I was literally sitting here watching it like about an hour ago. And I was on the edge of my seat and I had the hairs in the back of my neck were up and I because I knew that Order 66 was coming. Yeah. Because yeah. it they literally they put in bits from the, the film, they put in, you know, you know how far along they are, you know that Obi-Wan's fighting General Grievous. So you're like, oh my god, it's about to happen. And the music gets so tense and the atmosphere yeah. gets tense, and you're on there and like, fuck, it's gonna happen. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh my god, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And then it happens, and you're like, oh my god, this is mental. And then, <laughs> and I was like, this is how you make a bloody show. This is, this is started out, yeah, and it did start out very, um, I think it's, if I remember the, the first series, it, yeah, the storylines were quite, you know, quite lighthearted, quite sort of getting around. And then obviously they realised that the, the, the whole Star Wars fan base are watching these shows, yeah? I mean, and they're watching them and they're enjoying them and they're enjoying the stories of the clones. There's a great little story about a young Boba Fett trying to kill Mace Windu, which is, yeah. he's a kid, but he's trying to kill this. And he's surrounded by all these versions of his dad 
You know, all these versions of him, not really, or his dad. It's a bit of a weird one, that anyway. But they're surrounded by, and he's thinking he's not special, but he's he's different. He's actually the son, you know. And that's a great storyline. Yeah. I know I thought about this. Ahsoka Tano has the best plot development character development in that show because she starts off with just like this you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed padawan jedi you know with a normal little lightsaber then you see her develop even develop her own lightsaber style how she fights um the fact that she rejects the jedi order to walk away saying i don't believe in what you're doing you're wrong because you know they have got a little bit corrupted towards the end because of the war and stuff and then even they made a good point and it, it just it just made it sound so cool is that Obviously, Darth Sidious is orchestrating this whole massive plan, isn't he? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, he, so he saves up this final offensive just before he knows Anakin's going to turn and everything. And they they say just one thing: go, yes, we're going to have to send out the Jedi Council, all of our generals, to all of these battle points. So what he's done is he's divided the whole Jedi Council, all the most powerful Jedi's, yeah, all leading, yeah. all leading these big battles with their troops, yeah. So they're slim pickings to get taken out. And I'm like, oh my god! You've just made Revenge of the Sith a better film, with all these. Yeah. You know, like how Rogue One, Rogue One makes um, A New Hope a better film, yeah. Because that last bit, it all feeds in and just makes it a better universe. And I, I think, I think the Clone Wars literally has tied off that end of it beautifully because i was like i really thought they were going to struggle to mix in revenge of the sith i thought it's not going to work it's not going to make sense it's going to feel real shoehorned or are they just going to stop the series where the film starts i thought that would be the most logical point but what they've done is they've actually woven that whole film into the series and have it be really emotional because you're there and you you're not sure how she's going to survive you know she does you don't know how it's going to come who's going to protect her who's going to fight for her yeah just amazing i i literally it was yeah it's great storytelling it's why um what's his name dave filoni yeah yeah it's he's just literally just give him star wars and let him do what the fuck he wants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know what i mean i think they are grooming him i, I think the problem for filoni is Filoni before LucasArts got taken over by um, Disney was Lucas's guy. Yeah. Okay. So Filoni was actually a, uh, I think he was an artist, like uh, uh, he did the art for films and TV shows. Oh, okay. So I've forgotten what they call it. So the scenes. A, um, a scene drawer? Yeah. yeah. So he did that. But once he started working for George, George basically groomed him. And oh, okay. I saw an interview with him, and then I watched the Clone Wars, and you see how much of an effect Lucas had with Filoni. Yeah. So nearly every scene in the Clone Wars is cinematic. Yeah. It's not it, like there's nothing like you'd see in a normal kids' cartoon. No, no, definitely it's not. It's very cinematic. It's cut very cinematic. It sounds cinematic. And I think Filoni, I don't. I think um, Disney started to warm up to him. So at yeah. the moment, he's not in charge of the whole film slate thing. But I think depending on how the Mandalorian series two goes, you might see Filoni then come up. Um, yeah, but I don't to, think you'll see him in charge of him. I think you'll see him no, directing them. Yeah, I don't think you'll see him. Well, he needs. They need to just go to him for like a like the the old republic or something because they just need someone to just map that out and have an idea about it is and actually make it accessible. And, you know, have a great over you know huge plot thing going on six seven eight films whatever but just have it go off in different different sections because that's the great thing about the clone wars is 
you know, you'll have in the series, you will follow like a, a story arc of someone, you know, mm. what was set on Mandalore. What they've done to like the Mandalorian um, history, amazing, you know. Yeah. And and he's not he's not afraid to go to like the um, the non-canon stuff and find good stuff from that because there is yeah. there are good stories within that whole thing. And just the thing Ooh. is that it's never been organised, you know. So they need to just pick, mm. you know, like the dark saber, you know, the history of the Mandalorians. It it's you know that's fucking cool, isn't it? He doesn't like warriors with jetpacks. I certainly <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I think I that's, agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you, and I think I'd add, especially with this final episode, I think it shows why Lucasfilm, like George Lucas, as much as people don't give him credit, I think George Lucas is fully aware of the limits of film. And that's yeah. why he animated, he's, 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 in recent years, the animators have been there to fill the gaps. Yeah. And fill the holes that might be there and let people know that there's more going on in the background than you'll see on the screen. And I think that's the power of George Lucas and, and he's taught Dave Filoni well because there's no... Dave Filoni is the, the best version of a geek you can get. <laughs> he's willing to take the risks. Well, he's yeah. taking some big risks. If you look at when the original Clone Wars film came out, the um, animated film came out, people hated it. Yeah. They didn't like Ahsoka. They didn't like the idea Luke had an apprentice and they didn't think it added in Star Wars, if I remember correctly. And they basically built it up to a point where Ahsoka, I think, may actually be a more popular Jedi than even Skywalker, Vader, you know, yeah. that popular that she is. I think she's she's built up that much of a of a base. And I think it's because you've seen her grow, you you understand her motivations, you understand why she is rejecting the Jedi. And also you do you do see like Obi Wan is like a not a bad Jedi, yeah. He's not a mm. Sith guy. He just he just he's a he's a company man, if you will. He mm. toes the company line. He does that, but that you see him just going along with what the Jedi says, and it's like, well, actually, that's wrong. You wouldn't be saying this at the start before the Clone Wars happened. You'd be like, no, that's not the Jedi way of doing stuff. But because this war's gone on, and you've been corrupt. You've been corrupted as well, and. I think what's great is with Ahsoka, she's taking a step back outside of it and you can see through her eyes and you go, yeah, mate, you wouldn't be doing this. Mace Windu, he's, he's going to fucking fuck some people up if we don't stop him as well. You know, like, it's just, it's brilliant storytelling and I loved every moment of it. And I'm glad that's how I spent my um, May the 4th. <laughs> well, I've, I've smashed a lot of it. I'm now going through Rebels. Um, but Rebels I, I hope good. they do another. I hope whatever series that Disney does next, you know, um, Resistance wasn't that good. Um, by I all accounts, didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really stick with it. It just sort of um, the animation style just isn't appealing, and unfortunately, yeah. I think it's too different from all the stuff they've done before. But if the kids like it, all good. Um, it'd be cool, I, maybe I think, it'd be cool, maybe to see like um, a Clone Wars style thing set in um the aftermath of um what's the last film uh the rise of skywalker rise of skywalker so after, so so again you've got new characters you can even just you know explore finn a bit more you can explore you know <laughs> please just, explore finn yeah, oh. Ray! Ray! <laughs> he, he wants Ray to explore him, doesn't he? Uh, oh, God. Um, but that's, yeah, but that's, I, that's, I think yeah. they have announced something. I heard rumour there's going to be something set in the far future. 
the far flung far flung Star Wars future. So yeah. I have heard rumor that it's going down. They did Maybe. announce Taiki. What? Oh yeah. Um, he's yeah. going to be doing a new Star Wars. The guy from um, Ragnarok. Yeah. He directed. Yeah, the guy. Who he directed a couple of um, the Mandalorian episodes, or at least one. I know. Yeah, and he was the droid. IG Eleven, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was great. Yeah, he's great. I think he'd be good. He's gonna. It'd be. It'd be nice to have a little bit hey, of fun. Sorry, sorry. Can I correct that? It's ta- Taika Watiti. <laughs> Get it right, mate. Sorry, man. But um, yeah, he he. If they can, I reckon they they will they renounce that um High Republic. Yeah. That's so you get so that, I that's it'll definitely be serious. That's set in the past, isn't it? So you could do what you yeah. want. And the only character that will be there is probably young Yoda. It's like fun. and the uh, lightsaber droid. The lights everybody forgets. Do you remember what there's an episode of uh, the Clone Wars where the uh, Padawans go to get their yes, crystal? because um, there's little Wookiee Jedi who I thought was such a cool idea. Yeah. I want to see. And he's like, I, I can tell you a story of when Master Yoda went to get his kyber crystal. Oh yeah, Filoni's been dropping the pennies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see stuff like that? Like it'd be cool to see. Yeah, just I mean, just. You've got a cool little universe. You can do what you want with it. Just go with it, you know? It's like, I think they've sort of realised that with Star Trek a little bit, is we've got this big universe. We could do cool stories, and let's do that. Mm. And, you know, I think now that this this little saga is finished, you know, it's it's. I think they can almost take a bit of a breath and go, right, we've done that. Let's do Now we can do something we're going to enjoy, almost. it's. That's, I think they yeah. should do. And, Mike, you're so right when you say... There's a hunger for newness. There's a hunger for something different. Yeah. And if they can get that hunger right, they can do so much as hopefully they don't fall into the trap of like, oh, these nerds are angry because nerds, they're always angry. But also, we're going to have always angry. We, we've also got this real, we're going to have a real cool period after this whole lockdown's over of people wanting mm. to experience things. So I think we're going to see a resurgence in cinema. I think people are going to mm. want to go for these big events. They're going to want to see something different on screen. They're going to want to experience new stories. You know, people are going to want new stuff. And, you know, it's a time where you can actually start taking some risks. You know, do a story about um, that one pod racer that no one really likes. Do one little one shot or something, you know. <laughs> do, do, do some stuff, you know. Like, do, you know, you can spin The Mandalorian and have like a bounty hunter series, you know. You yeah. have some really cool, cool characters in that. Um, you know, I, as much as I love the Jedi and stuff, you know, you don't necessarily have to have them being like the good guys all the time. You can have, you can have like, you know, force wielders who just don't want to be Jedi. They're like, no, I don't want, I don't agree with your politics or something. You know, right? So yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> Mike, that was a great run, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, is it, it's the boys from Bosk. Am I game wrong? The boys from Bosk. Bus- the Bosk boys. The Bosk boys. Bosk boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? I will get it right. You? The Bosk <laughs> boys. boys. <laughs> the little Ladies lizards. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. My name's CJ Rock. Mike Kirby. Bop, bop. Bop, bop, bop. Join us soon for another <laughs> episode. If you've got any feedback, just email me at cj at the newestablishment.co.uk. Uh, join us at the website, newestablishment.co.uk and get this podcast wherever you can find a podcast on iTunes, on Google, wherever, wherever, wherever you, you are get there. Podcasts, just have a look and you'll get it. All right. <laughs> and we'll be back soon. Ladies and gentlemen, have a nice night. 
bus boys, bus boys, what you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do when they come for you? <laughs>